Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity. Or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Hello and welcome to Bewilderbeast. I'm your host, Melissa McKee-McGrath, recording today 10,543 miles from Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne? Melbourne? Melbourne. I think the R doesn't exist in the pronunciation. I'm really trying. Anyway, I'm recording a long distance from Australia. And today, speaking of Australia, coming in hot, hot, hot with a cool, cool 80-pound haircut. Okay, let's do this. everyone. Coming in super hot this week with a listener request. These are my favorite. Aaliyah suggested several really good options for upcoming episodes, and I know I'm going to get to some of them at the end, like um, mostly season three stuff, I think. Season four. Oh my gosh, season four. But the one that I knew that I could do after the heavy episode last week on Negro Matapacos and the Chilean protesting dogs is about this interesting sheep in Australia. So we're going to talk about them in a minute. Um, And I also kind of felt like this is the story that was right for right now. I mean, my kiddo has a lot of softball games and practices and a lot of activities this week. I needed something short and fun anyway. And then the potential SCOTUS ruling on women's rights and everything came down. And it's just been a really, really, really bad week. And it has been for a lot of people. And a lot of people are scared and worried. So Aaliyah... I don't know if you knew how much I needed this story this week. So thank you. I really, really, really hope that you like this episode. So if you have ideas, it was so awesome to get a voice message from Aaliyah. I could hear how excited she was about these topics, and it clearly worked because here we are. So bop on over to bewilderbeastpod.com, and there's like a little button on the right-hand side of the screen that says, See Something. Click that, and you can leave a, a voice memo. And if you prefer to stay anonymous, we can do that. If you want your name or have preferred pronouns that you would prefer that I use, please go ahead. Include all of that in your voice memo. I want to make sure that I get your name right and everything about you correct as I give you credit for these awesome stories that you are finding. So thank you. Oh, right. And the Doom Bloom. Right, right, right. The Doom Bloom. It came in. Y'all, if you listened two weeks ago with the lanternflies killing everything, the bees finding lanternfly excretions, poop and turning that into honey. So it technically is honeydew and not honey, as it's not from nectar. But stick with me, if you like honey, absolutely get these honeys. 
The review that I read in the show was actually incredibly spot on about it being smoky and really thick. So you know how you dunk your spoon into regular honey and then it kind of drips everywhere? That is not the case with this doom bloom. She thick. The hot honey is hot, but husband has replied, eh, you might have oversold the heat. I don't think I did. <laughs> I know my mouth. I thought it was hot, but he eats a lot of hot things and said, yeah, it's got kick, but it's not that hot. So coming from two over 40s white Northeasterners, the range is mild to oh my God fire. So it might be really good in a hot toddy if that's your jam or even just a regular tea or even just hot water with a little bit of this. It can be a nice, warm, fiery, toasty beverage that's sweet. So give it a shot. The regular Doom Bloom, I have been putting on biscuits and it's so good. I don't want this little jar to end, but if you do like to tell people stories before you give them a present, this would make a great hostess present or a great story. So go over to PhiladelphiaBee.com. They are not a sponsor. <laughs> I have zero money or Twitter feedback from them at all. That said, let's all go down to Australia again. But this time, the animals are not scary. Unless you have a sheep phobia, then you might want to sit this out. All right, let's go. There, in the forest, at the boundary of the property, he noticed something that wasn't quite right. Was it a bird? Was it a plane? Was it Superman? No, it was a terribly misshapen sheep. <laughs> who was really, really let himself go during this COVID season. The property worker then called the team at Edgar's Mission Farm in Melbourne to help this woolly mammoth of a sheep. <coughs> the sheep that they named Barack. Because of course they did. <laughs> the Edgar's Mission team noticed that this poor ram had been owned at one point because he did have evidence of ear tags, which are basically dope earrings with numbers or colors that farmers will use for identification of a particular animal on the farm. Barack was ear tagged, was, but his wool had grown in so much, it actually physically tore out the ear tags. Oh, pause. Think about that for a minute. You have so much hair that you cannot see if you don't get a haircut. Sheep can't do scrunchies, but that same amount of hair also pushes your earrings out of your ears. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> How much fleece does it take to nearly blind a sheep? Make someone working in construction think, oh, this fella needs help right now, and have that fleece rip out earrings. Okay, so let's back up for a second. First, Barak is a merino sheep, a sheep bred by humans for its fast-growing, super warm wool. Merino wool. Have you heard of it? It's a really soft wool. Sheep can grow an average of 11 pounds of wool a year. For anyone else in the world, that is five kilos. Barak, he was found alone in the woods with 80 pounds of wool on his person? Wolson? Sheepson. Eh. So not unlike aging a tree by the rings, we can deduce that, well, because math, that this sheep had been out in the woods for seven years. The amount of wool that came off of Barak could have produced 490 pairs of socks 
or 61 hoodies. Also, imagine layering and wearing 61 hoodies on your person right now. Once you get to the fourth or fifth sweater, you're gonna be very uncomfortable. Now imagine putting another 56 sweaters on top of that. One source said that each Merino sheep can grow actually between 10 and 40 pounds of wool every single year. That is a kindergartner's weight in sheep wool a year. So it's conceivable that Barack was maybe only out for two overachieving years instead of seven, growing wool, chilling in the woods, living on the lamb. <laughs> I am not going to apologize for that bun. So does this happen a lot? Feral, loner sheep just leaving the farm, seeking out a ram springer of sorts, seeing the world, growing out their hair as they travel, start listening to fish. Well, it happens sometimes, but not quite like this. Let's take Sheila. I'm actually kind of sad there's no funny pun to her name. The sheep was just straight up named Sheila. Well, maybe if you try, it could be Sheila. Eh, but you do you, boo. Anyway, Sheila was found in a table drain in Australia, and I forgot to look up what that was. But when they shaved 40 plus pounds of wool off of her, it was so matted, as you can imagine. If you're a kid and your parents have to ask you time and 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 time again to brush your hair, that's why. Because if you don't do it, the only option is clippers. And while I feel like most kids who want to have buzz cuts, undershaves, or funky do's should absolutely do it if they want to, it's absolutely not fun if it's forced because you have so many sticks, gum nuts, living matter, algae, veggie matter, dirt, parasites, all sorts of things living in your hair. The fact that anything is living in your hair is just... Anyway, you get the idea. But that's not even the worst of it. One sheep named Chris. Yeah, I got nothing for this one. Chris? Eh, that just doesn't feel right, so no. Anyway, Chris the Ram holds the record, and it is absolutely not a record that any domestic sheep wants. They sheared over 90 pounds of wool off of this poor, poor, poor ram. How does this happen? That would have started all the way back at the dawn of agriculture. Hashtag farm life before hashtags were a thing. When we first started domesticating animals for food, protection, companionship, and resources. Yes, there are wild sheep. There are wild sheep all over the world, but unlike our domesticated sheep, who we have to shear and harvest their wool every year, the wild sheep sheds off its coat every summer. These wild sheep are perfectly suited for living in herds, finding resources, sheepy things. But domesticated sheep need, absolutely rely on humans. Yes, Barack and all the other sheep that I'm going to mention have been able to survive for years in the Australian bush, in trees, apparently in a table drain still don't know what that is. It's clear these particular sheep are on borrowed time. Barack, for example, he couldn't see. This poor, poor ram could not move his head due to all the wool. Just the sheer weight of the wool alone created so much heat. He was at risk of death just from that alone. So if you are hungry and thirsty and have to carry eight gallons of paint on your back that you absolutely cannot put down and live like that for years, the chances of survival are slim. And it worked out for Barack, but 
that's the only reason you've heard about this story. This does not happen often, which is why there are only a handful of stories about these runaway lost sheep who, in the infamous words of Forrest Gump, just kept on running or roaming. But not only did they need a haircut, but they had no friends. This is so sad. Sheep depend on each other for survival. Singleton sheep in the woods are such easy prey. Unless the mighty predators of the outback, and there are many predators on the outback, they might not be into eating through three feet of wool before getting to the muttony bits. In short, stories like Barak's and Sheila and Chris and all the others will likely circulate on social media when they happen because it happens so infrequently to the degree that these sheep survived through suffering. But usually they don't live for all of the reasons that I just mentioned. Plus, sheep are delicious. And I'm a vegetarian, and I know sheep are delicious. <laughs> but one of the biggest reasons is that sheep cannot shear themselves. They cannot shed their wool like their wild counterparts. That's 100% on us. We bred them to produce, or rather, overproduce wool in the same way that our chickens are not wild chickens who produce only a few eggs a year, but instead they produce four a week. And they are blue eggs because humans love selective breeding for things that are unusual or useful. And I'm really grateful for it. I love our little blue eggs, but looking at this from evolution, this would not exist in the wild. <laughs> While these breeds, who are basically created by selecting genes for give me more wool for generations, we humans have created many animals who cannot really thrive on their own. They could maybe live, sure, but thrive? It's going to take time to undo all that we have done to domesticated animals for them to thrive and survive in the wilderness. Cows are basically walking squares. Chickens can't fly well specifically the meat birds who are bred to be big giant poultry who can't fly. They don't need to fly when they're under the care of humans in a predator-protected poultry house. But without us, genetics would eventually default to survival of the fittest, not illest. And the hyper-exaggerated traits that we select for comfort and resources, which are totally fine in the context of using those resources and being responsible for those resources and taking care of the animals properly who give us those precious resources. But without us? Oh, then it's bad news bears for the barnyard brethren who can only look and act a certain way because of our intervention. And I don't think it would take terribly long for nature to just kind of sweep in almost like a reality show star. Okay, so you've probably seen these home and garden shows where they eviscerate someone's living space before fixing all their mistakes in a 30-minute block on HGTV, right? Or a makeover show, or even Super Nanny from back in my day. The host, like, sweeps in. <gasps> what do you call this mess? And then points, in the case of evolution, to cow. <laughs> This is an interesting look that you've gone for, but without you here, this walking, mooing box with horns is out of here. Alvidersen, get thee to the makeup chair, honey. We are going to fix you right up. You are going to be a whole new bovine beauty. I am so mixing every metaphor and reality show I can think of. I don't watch them, but I think you get the idea. 
if we were not here, Darwinism would just sweep in, clean things up in a few generations. In fact, Barack needed a heart monitor on him while he was being sheared. While it was bad that he had all that wool on him, all that extra weight, the weight of 61 sweaters, if you put on all 61 sweaters, you would be miserable and would want someone to take it all off. This poor sheep couldn't breathe well due to all that weight. Kind of like that one guy in the Salem Witch Trials who was crushed with stones instead of hanged with all the other witches. Oh! His last words were more weight, and his body couldn't take it. You couldn't breathe with all of that weight on your back or chest, but Barack did. He had to be watched very carefully for signs of shock to his body as the wool came off due to having all that weight for years. Once the wool came off, the sanctuary who took him in said that he looked like he was struggling to walk because he didn't have all that weight holding him down. His muscles didn't know what to do. But there was a short video of his shearing, and then later of him after the emergency haircut. He was a lot, and I mean a lot, thinner and smaller, probably because he couldn't eat and he was really dehydrated. But after you see all this weight and wool, he was then seen and videotaped enthusiastically munching on hay. None of this would have happened without human intervention. He never would have been bred to have to carry all that woolly burden if we didn't select those genes for centuries, sure. But he also wouldn't have been saved without human intervention too. Caring people at the heart of this, from the construction worker who was just doing his job and saw the Franken-Wooly Baba emerging from wherever he emerged from, probably like a 50s horror creature, but no one would have made the call to help this sheep transport this sheep, get a heart monitor on this sheep, shear this sheep, and then in a twist of what may seem like irony, but is sound medical advice, put a blanket on this poor sheep and care for him because after losing all of that wool at once, it could have made him so cold that he could have died from exposure. But humans knew what to do to help him. They were trained medical professionals who knew what to do. So I would argue, yes, all of this, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because good God, he did not look cute with that lumpy, hardened, matted, discolored wool. They were all the fault and the responsibility of humans. In looking this up, I actually came across some interesting wool and sheep facts that I thought I could just kind of toss in here because, well, here we are. There are over 10,000 breeds of sheep worldwide. <laughs> Come again? That's too many sheep. I told you humans like to play with genetics, but I'll back up away from this before it gets a little weird. Horns on rams grow a ring every year. So just like a tree, scientists can figure out how old a ram is by counting the rings of his horns. So what I'm taking away from this are rams are basically walking, buying trees. Gotcha. Back in 2010, when the BP Deepwater Horizon oil spill absolutely decimated the Gulf of Mexico with the largest marine oil spill in history, animal sanctuaries, farmers, and shepherds donated boxes upon boxes upon boxes of wool from their sheared sheep to help absorb the oil from this spill. And lastly, most people will hire sheep shearers to shear the sheep. That's super fun to say 10 times fast. 
It takes remarkable skill, and just like getting a good hairstylist, it is important to stick with the one that you like. Bad haircuts happen to all of us, and bad haircuts happen to sheep too. But when you get a bad haircut and you're a sheep, you can maybe get cut in the process or maybe have a traumatic experience if the shearer just grabs them, flips them, and shears them as if they're on their assembly line. But if you have a good shearer who helps the sheep feel calm, they're not panicking, they don't bleed, then you're in really good shape. And like with our haircuts, it's best that we just don't do it ourselves and we find a trusted professional to handle it on our behalf. So what happened to Barack now? The best guess is he's about eight years old. But the lifespan for this kind of sheep, merino sheep, is about 10 to 12 years. Barack will stay at the sanctuary for the rest of his natural life and get biannual haircuts. So thank you for joining me today on Bewilderbeasts. If you want more of this, please consider checking out the Patreon, patreon.com slash bewilderbeasts. If there are topics that you'd be interested in hearing about on the podcast, or if you know of historical animals who changed the world, animals who helped humans, or other animals standing up for the little guy. Oh, that was from last week. How about this? How about other animals with bad haircuts? Send it in to bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com. Tweet at bewilderedpod, bewilderbeastpod on Facebook, and bewilderbeast on Instagram. And you can also do what my new friend Aaliyah had just done to suggest this very episode. She went to the website, bewilderbeastpod.com, found the Say Something button on the lower right-hand side of the screen, and she was able to record a voice text that I could hear. And not just about how to breed domestic animals, how we have bred domestic animals to be dependent on us for haircuts, but also bees that make so much honey, it will kill them if we don't help by eating it. She also had suggested albino animals and other awesome topics that I am excited to explore with all of you next season. Aaliyah had the best suggestions, and I can't wait to include them in upcoming episodes for next time. So, Aaliyah, thank you. I am Melissa McHugh McGrath with Mudstuff Media. Now go get curious. I got today's information from Slate.com, TheDenverChannel.com, edgarsmission.org that is the rescue center that has barack bobvila.com on sheep wool insulation because it turns out you can insulate your house with sheep wool nantucketconservation.org farmsanctuary.org britishwool.org and a, a mashable video on youtube that showed me sheila the sheep lastly businessinsider.com why sheep can't stop growing their it says fur but we all know it's wool. LiveScience.com and FarmSanctuary.org. Wow, there were a lot this time. Wow, that was a lot. I'm basically a farmer now. All right, links as always are in the description of today's episode. Intro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Lebowitz. Interstitial music, MK2. Additional music is provided by Pixabay and Freesound.org. Please, please, pretty please, cherry on top, Go review this show. It doesn't have to be on iTunes. Just let me know what you think of this show. And if I'm going in the right direction, if there are things that you'd like to hear, your favorite episode, give me some feedback so I know what to do better for you guys for season four. If you have a friend who you think would really like this show, go ahead and share it with them. Share with them their your favorite episode. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. And I am looking forward to seeing you next week. 
ไปยูเบนลิสติ้งทูอัพพอดแคสต์ออฟเดอะพอดฟิกส์เน็ตเวิร์กดิสคัฟเวอร์มอร์ออดิบิลจิมส์ไลค์ดิสอัพพอดฟิกส์เน็ตเวิร์กดอทคอมมิกเชอร์ทีแคชอัพทูเดอะมินิทเน็ตเวิร์กชินานิกันส์บายฟอลลิงอัพพอดฟิกส์ออนทวิตเตอร์อัฟฟิเชียลอันเดอร์สกอร์พอดฟิกส์ออนอินสตาแกรมอัพพอดฟิกส์เน็ตเวิร์กออนเฟซบุ๊กและมิกเชอร์ทีสับสคริปต์ทูอัพพอดฟิกส์เพรสเซนส์ที่ไหนที่คุณเลือกที่จะหาพอดแคสต์อัพพอดฟิกส์เน็ตเวิร์กอาร์ติสต์ออนและรับ